The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. You made it. It's Friday and great to be with you on Hale Varsity Radio. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, plenty of pigskin to get into. Some reaction to Scott Frost on the Husker Network last night. So we'll uh, spend some time on that. Derek Peterson from Hale Varsity has been doing just a, a great job of kind of profiling where some of the position groups are at. So he's going to be with us in about 20 minutes or so. And uh, into hour two. The Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, going to be with us from NBC Sports. And then a uh, sit-down with uh, one of those uh, seven layers of visa protection, if you remember that old Super Bowl commercial, with the offensive lineman for uh, New England, uh, Russ Oakstein, standout Husker and uh, longtime NFLer, uh, multiple-time Super Bowl champ, uh, teammate of Tom Brady. So we'll talk a little Super Bowl with Russ Hochstein in the 5 o'clock hour. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. I'm excited to see you, Elijah. I didn't know if, if you were going to be here or not, just because I know you're kind of a Reddit dude, and I didn't know if you were part of that. Uh, that and I talked to, to Damon about this, too, because you're both pretty smart dudes. The whole uh, the, the GameStop uh, Reddit uh shorting uh phenomenon where you're instantly gonna drive a mercedes yeah i uh i did get in on it i did not make it you're a stock guy too mm-hmm. and i had been out for a little bit but it's completely random um someone uh from she was like a producer for uh, cbs this mm-hmm. morning yeah. um like cbs's version of good morning america right, right, right. dm me on twitter and was like hey I, uh, I saw one of your tweets back in uh, the summer about robin hood um and uh, we're, like we're seeing some volatility with like Robinhood and GameStop, and we'd like to to call you and get an interview with you about uh, Robinhood. And I was like, okay, so yes, so yeah, so I did this interview, but I didn't actually like look into the. This was back on this is Monday morning, okay. So this is like right at the beginning of it. And I hadn't actually looked into it at all. Um, and I do the interview, and I look it up, and I go, oh, I need to get back in the stock market. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on here. So I was a little bit late. Um, I, I did you did you have any GameStop? stock not before no not before this not at all no um but then uh that would have been tuesday i got a little bit and i I didn't make enough to to buy a mercedes and quit this job but i did make enough for one or two nights at the bars okay so you made what a grand oh less than that okay i was in the couple hundred range but what bar are you going to (laughs) schmidt yeah that's what i was wondering what are the champagne room how how much do you drink at the bar the bar (laughs) grand i I was i was aiming high (laughs) no here's the thing if if you were to hit it big like that 
you take your buddies, so it's not just I'm oh, spending yeah, a no. G on me so yeah, I can no. get a liver transplant. No, you, you, you go buy a round for the whole bar. <laughs> you could, and you should. <laughs> I won't. No, <laughs> no. Let <laughs> me hang it on to them ones, huh? Oh, big time, big time. I got uh, <laughs> a lot of things I can do with those ones. <laughs> no, so I was just wondering because I mean, you you're always kind of checking things out you've you've we've talked stocks before i have no portfolio shocker nothing um i i had fun in high school with buying nike stock right with the career ed class but it's as far as i've ever traveled into it so i i just i'm, I'm glad you're here and, and and had you had if you would have made it huge you would at least given us one last day Oh, for sure. I wouldn't have quit this job. No, it pays too well. <laughs> I got to graduate college first. Yeah, no kidding. And then I'll quit, and then I'll retire right after. <laughs> and then and I'll buy an island. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get in there. I was just wondering, who had a better week financially, Elijah Herbal or Kevin Steele? It's most definitely Kevin, Kevin Steele. Steele. <laughs> I mean, you, you do a few weeks of work for... Rocky top, and you get a, just shy of a mill. He probably also had a lot less stress than me throughout this, just being the, the interim head coach. Just sit there, make sure that nothing goes <laughs> all, too astray. All you were doing was waving goodbye. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> on, on both fronts. So uh, let's uh, dive into some Scott Frost news and, you know, some questions and, and answers from, from Coach Frost. Uh, last night with the network, and you had the the news Tuesday, of course, that we spent a lot of time this week on with Luke McCaffrey and Cade Warner and Will Farniok, all transferring out of the program. And there's there's been a, I don't want to say an effort, but there's been more availability by the head man here the last eight or nine days. Couple of uh, appearances on the network. Uh, did the sit-down with the Journal Star and the World Herald, right? Uh, did a, another sit-down last night, and good for him. I've got a lot of friends that are that are part of teammates and their mentors, so that's really cool that Coach Frost and his wife are, are pledging $125,000 to match to help raise funds for teammates. I think that's super important, and, and the people I've talked to that are teammates uh, they've really enjoyed it. It's been very fulfilling to be a mentor. It's important. So you have that aspect of things that's that's really cool uh, and uh, kind of leading uh, from the front there with with just trying to be better uh, people and uh, make the world better. And then there's fan base and football and transfers and social media. And when it comes to the quarterback situation, uh, that's kind of the next question. Uh, w- with the snow days, you still had you know nine out of ten players pretty much show up to get winter conditioning going. So players either showed up to do it or got a ride to do it when the snowfall was quite brutal. So that was good. But with the quarterback situation, you know Nebraska's going to have to be aggressive. They're going to have to be right, and they're going to have to be a little lucky, okay? Because in in the climate we live in with the quarterback position, you find the right one, you hope the dude's there two to three years, right? Deshaun Watson we'll talk about here in a little bit, in a little bit. 
had the gig and killed it for Clemson, right? You look at the Ohio State quarterbacks. You look at the success Texas had where they're able to stack Vince Young and Colt McCoy. You look at Nebraska's run at quarterbacks, right? You had Turner Gill, and then you had some guys that were pretty decent, and then you go to Steve Taylor, who was here for a long time and was really good. And then you you had a really great run at quarterbacks with Frazier and Beringer and Frost and then Crouch. I mean, that's awesome. So if you can hit on a couple of quarterbacks, keep them happy and and just kind of hand the baton off, that's ideal. Bama and Clemson really are the only two to to do it. And and even Clemson lost uh, a guy who took him to the college football playoff because they went with Trevor Lawrence as a freshman. But but Bama's been about it, right? When you go from from Hertz to Tua to to Mac. Otherwise, everyone else has kind of gotten out of Dodge. Even you look at the situation with Haskins in Ohio State and Joe Burrow. So uh, this quarterback situation, Nebraska is going to have to really grade well. Uh, you got Adrian, you know what he can do. You're looking for more consistency from Adrian at quarterback. Can he be more like a freshman Adrian? And can the offense take a jump? That's that's going to be key. Uh, behind him, you've got guys that haven't done anything. Not their fault. They're just young. So you got Logan Smothers. What's he all about? We know he can run. We know he's fast. We know he's tough. What kind of kind of work can he put forth in the spring? You have uh, Heinrich Harburg, really talented kid out of Kearney. He just got here. He enrolled early. Got a couple of other kids that that are in the program. So. Nebraska, I think, will have to to look at a quarterback. It'll be post-spring. Ideally, you'd want to find a quarterback uh, if you're going to bring one in and bring them in for the spring. But you just you can't do that. You don't. I think you owe it to the kids in that quarterback room, and I think Nebraska's obviously going to go this route. You're going to go and see, all right, what's behind Adrian? Who can push Adrian? Who can kind of step their game up? Who can develop and be uh, an option even with minimal to, to zero experience. So Nebraska will likely look at a quarterback, should look at a quarterback, and do so after spring. So we're, we're talking May. Uh, and, and that could be uh, a guy that transfers in from a North, not from North Dakota State, but from that level. Maybe it's a JUCO. Maybe it's just another transfer if a guy gets beat out in another power five. I mean, there's three different options to go to, but I'd love, and Scott Frost talked about last night, I, you know, they hope they have the, the next guy in the room already. That'd be ideal. And just groom them and develop them. And, and right now, if you're a Nebraska fan, you can absolutely hope that that development happens, but you've not seen, and it's not that they can't do it, but you've not seen the trend upward. You've either seen a flat line, or some regression from your quarterback play. And there's a lot of different factors as to why that's happened. But you need to see big-time success at quarterback. You need to see a really good interception to touchdown, right? You need to see less uh, quarterback carries 
give me the same efficiency, give me the same bang for my buck with 100-yard or 90-yard or 80-yard rushing days at the quarterback spot, I think that'd be great for the rushing offense. But it can't be the quarterback that's your leading rusher because he's the leading ball carrier. Got to shift a little bit away from that. So uh, that's where I'm at with the quarterback, and and the options are open for Nebraska. But if they're going to add somebody, they've got three different uh, areas portal included to look at and, and add to the room yeah and, and currently I'm not convinced that the quarterback of the future is in that room right now just because when you look at the landscape of college football right now if you've got a guy a guy who's going to be able to lead your team lead him to some glory quote-unquote um I just want him to go win football games if I'm a Nebraska fan and not turn the damn thing over mm-hmm. just just be a don't lose me the game manage the game and make some plays you got some playmaking from adrian you, he's he's kept your team in it offensively got to be better with the football and he knows that mm. but whenever you look at the landscape of college football the guys that come in and do make a difference from the quarterback spot you can tell from their first game getting the start i mean i don't want to compare nebraska's quarterback situation to those of clemson's or bama's or but look at look at those programs when they, you have, they play well early they play well early early you don't have to wait for two years you don't need two years of clinching watching football games because that's the quarterback you're trying to groom him currently in the landscape of college football if a guy is going to step up and be the quarterback of a program he does it young he does it young now i'll say this and you're right you're gonna you're gonna and we saw adrian do that young we did we did now the thing that adrian he had he had some options he had some help right and that's the other thing Right when you see the quarterbacks come in, again it's not fair to kind of keep referencing Bama or Clemson or Ohio State, but they had dudes around them, great offensive lines and phenomenal skill guys that are playing on Sundays. There's your difference. It's not that Nebraska doesn't have some Sunday guys, but do we know if we have any on the roster now that will develop into at receiver or running back? We'll talk to Derek about that in about five minutes because he he really did a good job of profiling the wideouts and the running backs because that's going to really help uh, take pressure off of Adrian or whoever the quarterback is. It's also going to help develop the the guys behind Adrian. Give me some wideouts that can go ball. Give me a running game, uh, three, four, five running backs that you can lean on. And uh, bang, your your offense is balanced. You're on schedule and you're back to being the, the Scott Frost offense that's scoring 40 plus points i mean that's that's the direction they need to go guys are getting healthy miles farmer uh had that tough injury at purdue that was just horrific uh he's on track to be involved in in spring ball will nixon's getting back at it and uh, about 100 percent. i can't wait to see will nixon i think he'll be a good slot player for nebraska braxton clark a big body uh is nice and you have tate wilderman uh, is, is a guy that's trying to kind of get uh, get uh, out from un- that injury bug. So there's where uh, you're at with some of your Huskers and uh, some of the updates. But uh, we'll uh, we'll see where Nebraska goes. But uh, I'm in agreement with you. The quarterback of the future didn't transfer on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The quarterback of the future, you can't say with any certainty, is in that room. And you hope Adrian's a quarterback of the future if you're a Nebraska fan because you've seen his upside, you've seen his talent, you've also seen him 
uh, dinged up and, and not 100%. And he's a completely like, different player like many of us would be if we're not playing at 100%. Now, the thing that Adrian's gone through and should be able to handle better is just the ups and downs. It's never easy when there's adversity if you're the, if you're the quarterback, but he's handled three years of phenom, wow, year one, uh, year two, uh, dinged up, played hurt, and didn't deliver on expectations, his own or what everybody in the media projected, a, a, a stellar year for Nebraska in, in, in 19. And then last year, the guy lost his job and had to battle back and win that back. And uh, despite the turnovers, which were maddening, if you're a Nebraska fan, finished uh, the, the, the final game of 2020 off the right way. When you look at his total offense and the fact that they came back and, and won on a cold night in, in Jersey. Uh, it's better than the alternative. So steps forward here at quarterback. We'll see uh, what Nebraska does, but keep your eye out if I'm Nebraska for, for somebody to add to that room if there's nothing that wows you this spring. Derek Peterson's next from Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Back with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and welcome in Dr. Petey, the pride of Oklahoma. Derek Peterson with us at Dr. Petey HV on Twitter. Derek, what's up, man? How's your Friday? It's good. I'm doing some house cleaning and listening to a podcast about the Chicago Bulls. And uh, actually, seconds before you guys rang, we got to the Fred Hoiberg was not given a chance portion of the Chicago Bulls conversation. So topical. Mm, Nice. Yeah, the mayor in Chicago. uh, Listen, truth be told, I was a Bulls guy growing up like most of the Midwest because of Jordan and Pippen and Rodman and Dare I say, Bill Cartwright and his elbows. But, yeah, I, I kind of just, <laughs> I divorced Chicago uh, post-Jordan. But, no, so good. You're checking out a little NBA podcast. I love it. I've been checking out your, your work on HailVarsity.com. I love it, man. You do awesome. And you've been just killing it with the, the position group breakdowns. And you did defensive backs today, and it's kind of you're, you're, you're grading Dr. Petey with his red pen of death, uh, but a fair pen of death. And you're, you're great on the defensive backs in 8 out of 10 uh, when you look at, at Fisher and what he's done. You know, a uh, lot of valid points in your, in your column, hailvarsity.com. Uh, uh, check that out from Derek Peterson. But uh, the secondary really kind of thrived last year. As you look at some of the names and numbers and returners, you know, what do you project for, for 2021 in that secondary? Who are some of those, I guess, wild cards you're excited about, knowing that three-fourths came back to, to try and get, uh, get more done for this Nebraska defense? Yeah, well, the two wild cards, I think, have to be the two young safeties. Um, you start with Miles Farmer, who they really like. Um, had the, the injury before the game against – just a freak injury before the game against Purdue. Um, just in, in what Scott Frost has told people lately, there's a chance that he could at least be partially involved in spring ball. That's good. You look at his numbers, and, and really it was just the, the one game um, 
against Northwestern the first half that, that he really got a chance to play um, sort of a, a primary role in the secondary. But, I mean, if you just look at his snaps over the course of a season, he, he played about a game and a half worth of snaps. And in that game and a half, he had two interceptions and a fourth fumble. Um, and just kind of looking at what he did, it, it sort of reminded me of um, what Deontay Williams did in his first year at Nebraska, um, that 2018 season where Nebraska had the three senior safeties in front of him. Um, it might have been three. Was it three? It was Aaron Williams and Trey Neal and somebody else that I'm now blanking on. Well, um, I think, you, I think and, you, you nailed the three, or the, the, two, and, um, the two for sure. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to say Antonio Reed. But he might have been yeah, right no, before no, Frost and, got and, here. No, Antonio was here. He had a hell of a game okay, against. Okay, so yeah, uh, so those are the three guys. Great game against um, Michigan State. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So those are the three guys. And so my point, Deontay um, was 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 really in just the kind of, um, you know, give us some snaps off the bench when the other guys need a rest. And in those in those snaps, he was um, he, he created a lot of havoc. He created a, a, a lot of, of um, sort of, of playmaker moments. And, you know, you kind of looked at that and said, okay, this is a guy that looks destined maybe for a bigger role. We'll see what, we'll see what he can be when he gets that bigger role. And so you look at a guy like Miles Farmer and say, like, you know, he has the, he has the size. He's 6'2", 205. He's, you know, my editor, Brandon Vogel, has, has loved the dude ever since the recruiting trail. Um, and I know a lot of people feel the same way. He, he has kind of the prototypical size that you look for, and he showed ball skills and he showed instincts and um, some good stuff. He showed some, some, some young guy mistakes. But, you know, you look at the way that their safety room kind of shakes out. You've got Deontay Williams and you've got Markel DeSue both returning, but I don't know that it's a given that both of them are going to start again. Um, or maybe it's a situation where you have three starters, kind of like that 2018 2018 team and, and you just kind of rotate um, with there the, you know the way that they they divvied out snaps last year it was those top four guys played really the lion's share of the snaps um, but you know I, I think farmer is just if he's healthy if he's able to go through you know let's say a, a portion of spring ball or, or at least be somewhat available for spring ball and then kind of go through summer stuff and things like that and, and, and be healthy leading into fall camp. I think he can make a move. And then Noah Pola Gates is the other guy that you look at and you say, you know, what are you going to get from him? He was so highly recruited. He's a very talented kid. When he got here, Travis Fisher said he could, he could play a little corner for them. And, and you know that Fisher loves to cross train his guys. And so when you're talking about spring ball, um, if Farmer is a little limited, if somebody like Braxton Clark is still a little limited as he's coming back from an injury, you know, it, it could be a chance for Noah Pola Gates to make some moves. Um, they've, they've obviously got to replace DiCaprio Boodle at the other cornerback spot. Um, Quentin Newsom is probably the leading candidate for that spot. I thought he played well a season ago. Um, but a guy like Noah Pola Gates, I think he's 5'11". Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, he's got a lot of skill to him. He's got a lot of toughness to him. Uh, he's not afraid to hit people. And so, you know, those two guys, you think, can Nebraska get either of them on the field or are either or both of them ready to get on the field? You know, it, it'll only make the secondary better. And, you know, they're probably, whoever that second corner is, he's probably going to get tested because Cam Taylor-Britt is an absolute stud. And 
will we'll enter into the new season as, if not the best corner in the Big Ten, one of the best corners in the Big Ten. I think he has that reputation. I think he's earned that. Um, so <laughs> the other guy opposite him is going to get uh, a workout. Get some attention. <laughs> yeah, going to get some attention from opposing offenses. So I think this this spring period, if Farmer's available, what is Braxton Clark's status? Um, it, it'll be it'll be interesting for sure in the secondary, even though you know you have three of four starters returning. Derek, I want to move up in the defense. Now, I think that, that other cornerback spot's going to be really interesting. I really liked what I saw from Braxton Clark, but uh, I think spring ball is yep. going to be able to, to tell us what we need to know uh, there, even Nabab Joseph. But I want to move up into the linebacking core because we saw a uh, uh, play from some of the younger guys last season, uh, such as uh, Nick Henrich and then uh, why am I blanking on his name? Kid out of North Star, Chris. Uh, no, Reimer? Oh, Reimer. Luke Reimer. I'm blanking... How did I blank on Luke Reimer? How dare you? He, dude, My he's favorite had, player from the defense. Uh, Elijah's made enough money this week, <laughs> Dr. Petey, on GameStop stock that he's just, he's thinking yacht. <laughs> All right? He's thinking yacht. Hey, hey, he's thinking next wolf time, of next Wall time Street. people decide they're going to make a bunch of money off of video game stuff, someone needs to... Someone needs to give me a heads up so that I can get involved in that. I yeah. felt I, I felt like the SpongeBob meme of Squidward sitting inside his house looking out the window as people were playing out. Well, That's what I felt like. you know how much money I've lit on fire taking Junior over the years to, uh, to to places to buy video games before he could download them, only to get you know watch them get scratched twenty four hours later because he's a piggy. You know his room's a. <laughs> Hellhole. I mean, it's just Junior just catching strays. Man. Oh, Junior's <laughs> going to catch a lot more too. But yeah, so yeah, that, that's not a fun memory of the sad eyes. Can I have seventy dollars? Oh, it doesn't work now. <laughs> we just bought it. What do you mean it doesn't work now? I've I've gone off the deep end. Continue. Sorry. Well, before we get back into the Huskers, I just want to say GameStop. There's been talk that they're going to a new business model, but that's for another time. This isn't a stock market show. Maybe we <laughs> it's called day GameStop. trading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're, we're expecting uh, Derek that Will Honus is going to be starting at one of those linebacker spots next season. It was his birthday, so happy birthday, Will Honus. Um, but the other spot. Nick Henrich showed out well last season. Uh, so did uh, Luke Reimer. Who do you think is going to be starting next to uh, Will Honus? Then who else do you think are we going to be seeing playtime at, at the linebacker spot? I think you'll probably see both of those guys kind of interchangeably. Um, you know, one thing that we've found out about Barrett Rude in, in his three years here is that he doesn't want to just have two guys uh, for those two inside linebacker spots. You know, there were games last year where Nebraska's defense played upwards of 80. Um, there was one game where they played 90 snaps. And so, you know, to have those three guys that you mentioned, Will Honus, Nick Henrich, and, and Luke Reimer, I think all three of them are going to see a lot of the field. Um, Luke Reimer is, is looking like an absolute steal for them. Um, and if they can continue to develop him, um, I, I think he could be a really good linebacker for them. And, and obviously they think so as well. Um, Will Honus, you know, I know – He's kind of the knowns. So you don't you don't necessarily think to talk about him a ton, but Will Honus for the last two years, or, or at least the last year and a half since he's gotten really healthy and over the ACL injury, has quietly been one of their best players, period, on the team, most consistent players um, on the team. So, you know, he's going to allow you to have sort of that, that rotation um, because, you know, you can pair him with Nick Henrich. You can pair him with Luke Reimer. And he can help either of those young guys, and he can he can allow either of those guys to sort of just go out and play. Um, he can be kind of a, a sounding board for them if they've got questions or things like that, or if they you know need some help with 
this or that. He can he can do that for them, and you can feel a little bit more comfortable putting Henrich or putting Reimer on the field in, in tough spots. And and I think um, you know Henrich played really well uh, as as the season progressed. And and it's you know we talk about it as being a challenging thing, but I don't think we ever do it justice. It, how challenging it is, especially as a young guy to move back and forth between playing inside linebacker and outside linebacker, just because of the technique and the responsibility of the deal is they're so different. Um, Henrich clearly has a lot of football talent, clearly the high, high football IQ guy. Um, they, you know, they actually really like what they have in him as well. So, you know, we'll see, um, Will he be healthy for a full season? Will Luke Reimer be healthy for a full season? Those are those are two questions that you ask. But um, I, I think it's a good it's a good starting point with those three guys. Doctor Petey, I have thirty seconds. Stock you're buying the running back room or the wide receiver room? You got to buy one. Um. I will go with the running back room because okay. I really like Marquis Step. Okay. And I, you're going to call me a homer for this. No, I very much Mo- like Savion Morrison. We're all wanting to see Morrison carry the ball, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I think there is more trust in Ryan Held than there is in the wide receiver room at this point. And that's not that's not to knock Matt Lubick. It's just a, it's just what you yeah. Just, Someone's just been here longer. Yeah. yeah. No, I got you. Yep. Derek Peterson's with us. Read him, hailvarsity.com and magazine, the varsity club podcast, the Hurt at Media platform that dropped uh, today. Good stuff uh on the portal from Derek and crew. Dr. Petey, have a great weekend, brother. We'll check in next week with you. Appreciate you, man. Go play in the snow. Why not? Have a good one. There he is, Derek Peterson with us. Some NFL and uh, the Deshaun Watson saga, a new twist to tell you about. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Uh, Lovey Smith News. He is headed down to... Houston, defensive coordinator for the Texans. Texans, one of those teams that you just wonder if they're ever going to break through. They got rid of Bill O'Brien. And uh, their new coach had his press conference today. And uh, David Coley says, I took the gig, and I'm paraphrasing, knowing Deshaun Watson's my quarterback. Little did I know, 24 hours before my introductory press conference, that there'd be reports that my quarterback would want to get out of Dodge. And, and I'm interested here. So every, there's about four quarterbacks that are on par or better than Deshaun Watson. Okay, And when you look at Deshaun Watson's numbers and stats and you look at what's surrounding him, his numbers are that much more impressive. And for them to, to win... What they end up at, at this season? Five and eleven, something like Five that. Five and eleven, six and ten, somewhere in that range. I mean, give the dudes some weapons, and and they're nine and seven, ten and six, eleven and five, and they've been a, a postseason team the last couple of years. And he's hitting seventy percent of his passes. I know he hurt his knee early in his career, but he's super durable, and he is ultra accurate, and he's not that, not even really a runner second, but he he can run clearly. 
but he's so good at just moving around in the pocket. So you've got no commitment to Goff, really, from Rams management. San Francisco is out on Jimmy G, it feels like. The new head coach of the Eagles said, I have two quarterbacks, so maybe Wentz isn't going anywhere. And, you know, is is Gruden in love with Mr. Carr in Vegas? Ask yourself about Denver. Uh, they need a quarterback. Goff or Wentz, Jimmy G. I mean, for sure, Watson, as the, the Denver fan is staring at me through the window right now, saying, please, please. The Giants, the Jets, Indy, the Fish. I think it's too soon to punt on Tua unless you can get Deshaun Watson because Miami has quite a few picks. So the question is this. Um, where where would you want to go if you're Deshaun Watson? If, if Houston is, in fact, this hell and you probably don't like the ownership because that's what it is. You went to the ownership. You wanted some sort of say. Maybe you're overstepping your bounds as just a quarterback, but they gave you $125 million. You went through a tough time with relationships with some of your key teammates and the former head coach. You just like your voice heard and maybe followed a little bit. Because if you're Deshaun Watson, you are begging for Eric Bieniemy. It didn't happen. So what now? Well, you get this new guy in David Culley. We'll see, but I, O'Brien's personality and, and kind of control freak factor, college guy, not NFL guy, even though he was successful in the NFL, he, he frayed on, on people. If I'm, if I, I don't know that there's that many weapons in, in New York. From a brand standpoint, yes, take me to the Big Apple, but it's the Jets. Sorry. Dwight Schrute's not an awful quarterback. He doesn't have a lot around him. There I said it with what the Jets have. Indy, I think that'd work. That'd absolutely work, but they're kind of division rivals, so no. I'd absolutely make that move with the Rams, but I don't know what else they've got to offer. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how do you make this happen? Where do you get moved to if you're Watson that you're okay with? And if you're the Texans, you need a boatload in return. Well, I mean, it should be noted. It's, it's got to be Miami, right? Yeah, when that's it something. It's got to be noted that Deshaun Watson's got the no trade clause in his contract, which means he's got final say in wherever he goes. If they get a trade package to send him to New York, he doesn't want to go to New York. He just says no. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to go to New York. Um, so with that in mind, you got to think sunny, just in terms of weather. If I'm a player, I'm looking at San Francisco and I'm looking at Miami just because the weather's great. I'm a throw the ball quarterback. But I complete 70% of my passes. I was just in a dome. I want to go someplace where the weather's not going to be a factor. Well, give me give me the 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 weaponry in San Francisco with Kittle and company. Well, I mean, let's not forget Dolphins were almost a playoff team this year. No, I know they were, but part of that too was cuz of Fitz Magic. I still love that guy. I, I do, and I know he's old, and, and he's got the beard, and he's got the chest hair going, but he can still spin the football. But, I mean, how I see it is that Miami team is a contender if they go get Deshaun Watson. Their, oh, their defense is top ten in the NFL. The NFL, pick a team with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback, and they're immediately a contender. Absolutely well, they I mean, are. I mean, Dolphins could be a, a Super Bowl odds-on favorite, not favorite, but, you know, top five. One of those teams that everyone in Vegas is, that's the smart money because it's a top 10 defense, and now you're adding Deshaun Watson into an offense that's already got some weapons. Yeah, and 
if you're if you're the Texans, can you get enough in draft picks? Because mm-hmm. they've got the third pick, they've got another late first rounder, I believe Miami does, and then they got a few more picks, and and then you'd also send Tua. But is is Houston's asking price? Would their asking price be the third pick overall, another first rounder, and then next year? I mean, how greedy is Houston? I mean, this is a guy that's Pro Bowl MVP level. So, and he's proven himself time and time again. So you're going to have to give up the farm for him, which makes sense. I just don't know if it can be worked out. I think what's going to happen, Watson's going to hold out and force his way out, and it's going to be a horrible, uh, you know, dumpster fire where the next storyline will be what kind of person and teammate is Deshaun Watson going to be, and he's not that guy at all. He's not. He's not a selfish guy. He's just fed up. But it's going to be painted and spun that way. It could be. And then you're going to have questions, and he needs a change of scenery, clearly. If I'm J.J. Watt, I say it's a stake on me. I've still got a couple years here, and let's go sit down with this new coach. Let's sit down with the owner again, and let's try and give each other a year. Because the winner will be Deshaun Watson breaking out of jail from bad ownership. But again, uh, they hold all the cards unless he just refuses to play. Short of like early retirement, and I'm going way off a cliff here. If they don't want to move him, if this new coach doesn't want to move him, they won't. Because he'll go back and say, bro, I took the job because I had this guy at quarterback. And I figure we could surround him with some weapons offensively. J.J.'s maybe got a little bit of gas left in the tank. But, I mean, look at all the departures, the trades. And it was just more of a personality conflict. And and guys didn't feel like they were being treated as adults. And maybe some guys weren't acting like adults. But Bill O'Brien's got a pretty short fuse for dealing with all of that. And you go from a playoff team that's knocking on the door that, that did take Buffalo out last year, mind you that now finished at 5-11, and and you've got a a disgruntled quarterback. So I hope it works out because I want to see Deshaun Watson play ball. I want to see him play ball at a high level. I want him to have more than one or two wide receivers to throw to. I like David Johnson a lot, but clearly that was not the answer. (laughs) You don't ship off uh, Hopkins for that. So, you know, you've got a guy in – this new new coach that's trying to to make things okay and reiterate that I took this job to be your coach. You were what was most appealing about, yeah, I wanted to be a head coach, but I really needed you to be my quarterback. We'll wind down hour one. Bill Dolman's coming up. Russ Hochstein on the way. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. All right, Husker Volleyball fans, uh, just start pouring one. Uh, Nebraska Volleyball versus Northwestern postponed. So, this coming down from Huskers.com and Aaron Sorensen also all over this from Hale Varsity. So, the uh, match between uh, Northwestern and Nebraska postponed uh, due to COVID issues. The decision to postpone mutually agreed upon 
out of an abundance of caution surrounding the health and safety of the participants in the institutions that are in the Big Ten. John Cook's statement, we're disappointed for our fans that we won't be able to play this weekend, but the health and safety of everyone in the Northwestern program is what's most important. We wish them all the best. Nebraska is set to hook up with Maryland next Friday and Saturday at Bob Devaney. You uh, know that this is a reality. I know supposed to have some basketball with Michigan this weekend. Nebraska's been on hiatus because of their own COVID issues. Matt Abdelmassi, an incredible assistant with Nebraska basketball, he's put out on Twitter today, too. He's dealing with COVID and reminding everyone to be safe and cautious. Nebraska basketball, man, it's just been an ice age. I can't wait for him to get back at it. Uh, We'll have our Friday forecast later with a a few Big Ten games to pick. Illinois and Iowa tonight. You've got Michigan State, who just got Tony soprano last night by Rutgers. They will uh, head to Ohio State this weekend. And then Kansas and Tennessee. This was the best thing I saw on Twitter earlier. Smokey, the Tennessee mascot, has entered the transfer portal from Rocky Top (laughs) and is going to head to Oklahoma. Oh, what, what would they name? Just Boomer? Like, well, I, I, I'm, personally, I'm a big fan of the live mascots just in college oh, football. And, like, if Nebraska could have, like, a live, like, corn stalk on, like, the, the sideline, I'd take it. But I think they could do better. I'm I not think sure you need the, to just start grilling ears of corn mm, on the sideline. And then, oh, and then instead of, like, the like the, the wiener slinger, have it just shoot, shoot corn. corn. Yeah, until you put an eye out. <laughs> You ever seen Nacho Libre? <laughs> no, but I can imagine. There was a old radio bit uh, with the Jerky Boys and, and, and Saul and the Potato Gun that ended poorly for somebody. Mm. I can't I mean, believe you haven't seen Nacho Libre. I think that's Jack Black, right? In yeah. tights. Yeah, I that's the best Jack Black movie of all time. I think School of Rock's pretty good. Oh, uh, Nacho Libre gets it by about that much. Yeah. <laughs> Difference, differences, my friend. So we're going to do steak and a beer later. We have sadly run out of football to bet. Hey, we got one more. We do, but it's a week away. Mm-hmm. The the big showdown. We got to throw some uh, some prop bets in that in that Friday forecast too. Yes, we will, and we're going to get the mother of all prop rundowns from our friend Danny Burke next Thursday with Burke's best bets. Tom Rathman uh, got back to me yesterday. He's in next week. Ooh. So that'll be good. Please tell me it's Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. I will try and lock it in for one of those days. I actually played uh, football growing up with his nephew okay. here in Lincoln. Okay. Um, which is like his uh, his nephew got to go to like the uh, the 49ers Super Bowls back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, they, they win about every year. Yeah, so I remember just being super jealous because I was sitting at home and there's my middle school football teammate at the Super Bowl, like field level seats, just ugh. Tom Rathman, incredible man. 31 years in the NFL. Uh, we'll we'll lock him in because it'll be a Husker Super Bowl week next week. We're getting that uh, kicked off. Did so yesterday with Sam Cook and Russ Hochstein's 30 minutes away. Uh, two-time Super Bowl champ with uh, those New England Patriots. We'll talk some Tom Brady. Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman's next. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. 
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. Hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us, follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. At Herbal Essence, and find this man on Twitter at Bill Dolman. Give him a follow. The pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Billy D, how you doing? Well, I'm just uh, basking in the sunshine of another mid-60-degree day out here in uh, Colorado in the mountains. Yeah, about that. You sent us way too much snow, dude. Fifteen inches. We we did have a we did have some cold weather out here, um, but maybe a, a dusting on the ground uh, in my place. And the, yeah, I've, I've been watching all the videos of people uh, snowbound and um, actually getting snowed. I did, I thought the snow days were a thing of the past because everybody could zoom their classes now, but. Uh, apparently Nebraska uh, allowed those, but yeah, we've barely had any snow. While you guys are like the frozen uh, tundra, we are. Uh, it's been a uh, another eventful week of transfers, uh, Billy D, and uh, you've got uh, both McCaffrey boys uh, now looking for a spot. As Luke is no longer with Nebraska, you have uh, Cade Warner also transferring out. I appreciate the dad support by Kurt Warner putting out his kids highlight tape on Twitter uh, for his son uh, advertising that there is a wide receiver available for your team today what's your take on the situation and, and listen I know you follow Nebraska so you've seen the comments by Coach Frost this week and, and last night about hey they're they're going to be okay and then you've also taken the temperature of the Nebraska fan base freaking out because of not just who, but some of the names associated with the transfers. What do you what do you make of both sides of those coins? Well, first of all, I'd like to go back in time a little bit. Um, Two years? Think, no, just a few months ago, you had a, you had a guest on the show, or maybe maybe it was a private conversation in which. There was a, uh, a coaching change out of here in Colorado, and I, I made the, the suggestion that perhaps, you know, there might be a, a draw to go play for dad. Um, so, look, I, I, don't th- I don't think the sky is falling. I think, actually, I think the sky is falling on college football more than I think it's falling on Nebraska football. Um, and and I, we, we are in a, a, a situation that – well, I don't think anybody's going to say, thank God the NCAA is in charge. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I just really think that we are, I don't know if you were in the middle of it yet. Um, a lot's been changing in college football over the years. Uh, certainly, again, it probably started with the conference realignment, you know, when Nebraska ended up in the Big Ten. You know, that's probably when, when the waves, when the pebble was first thrown into the pond. And... You, know, you think that's just a ripple effect, but it seems like it's been more of a uh, a wave effect, and the waves just keep getting bigger and bigger. But, you know, I, I go back as I think about, you know, this era of college football that we're in with all the transition of teams, uh, with the big money for coaches. It's been around for a long time. But, you know, I can remember back, you know, as I, as I go down a tangent, I can remember when, when Tom was still coaching in Nebraska 25 years ago, 
you know, and he made more money doing his TV show than he did actually coaching the football team. And Rick Neuheisel was making a million dollars at Colorado. You know, that's 25 years ago. And now you've got assistant coaches, strength coaches, making a million dollars a year. And, you know, so as, as the money has gotten bigger and as the TV contracts have gotten bigger and as the conference realignment just completely shook the college football landscape in 2000, what was that, 10? I think we're still in, the, in kind of in the middle of that waves crashing uh, all around. And the latest is, you know, the, um, uh, the freedom, I guess you could say, given to the athlete now. And is it deserved? Probably to a certain extent. It, should it be a complete, you know, uh, carte blanche for the players? I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. But we're seeing, you know, we're reaping what has been sown. And, and right now you've got players who have a lot of power and can say, I, I don't like the way things are going here right now, so I, I'm going to leave and I'm going to try and, and, you know, go find a better place to play, better place to live, better opportunity. But how many players it's, – it's not we're seeing a lot of guys, but like Tate Martell uh, is leaving, in, what, Miami and going to his third school already. I thought he's already been at three. And you might get right. It, that's possible. Um, so you now you're seeing guys like, I don't like it here, I don't like it here, I don't, I'm, I'm gone, and, and, and they all think that they've got the NFL, you know, in their, in their future, when in reality, what is it, less than a percent mm-hmm. makes it to the NFL? And, you know, the, the, the rate of people entering the transfer portal and how many people are tired of that term, mm-hmm. I think it was mid-December, there were 700, 800 players that had put their name in for the transfer portal. portal. I think that's almost doubled. Yeah, you're at fourteen. You're at fourteen hundred now, and I think uh, Elijah, right. you were telling me there's five hundred spots. Uh, five hundred like skill spots. Yeah, no, there's five hundred receivers in the portal, and like over a hundred <laughs> quarterbacks, oh and like there's like three receivers. There's in not the room for everybody. And listen, here's part. Here's part of the problem. Here, they're going to run out of spaces. Let's say. Let, let's say like Luke is fifty fifty, and and let's let's face it, he's he's not coming back. But let's just say. Somebody puts his name in the transfer portal, looks around, and realizes there's not a big market for me at a Power 5 school. And there's barely a market for me at an FC, at, at, a, at a group of five school, Mountain West, mm-hmm, uh, sure. something like that, all right? So now, I, wait a minute, I want to be a quarterback. I'm a quarterback. I want to I be a starting quarterback. And all of a sudden, places are looking around going, you know what, you're, you're, you're a great running quarterback. You've got great uh, football lineage, but you don't have that strong of an arm to be the quarterback that we need you to be. So now all of a sudden, you know, the, the places to go are really limited. You go, well, wait a minute here. I, I, I don't want to go play college football, you know, in, in Mississippi or, Minot. Or, in, or in New Mexico or, or in Minot, right? And you go, oh, I want to go back to Nebraska. Well, meanwhile, Nebraska says, um, you know, we've already kind of committed to the guy who's the starter. We like the guy who was third last year. We've got the kid from, you know, in-state who's, who's on campus right now. And we've got two or three other scholarship offers out to the guys that we really like for 2022. We really don't have a place for you. Now, all of a sudden, this player, <laughs> this quarterback is like, where am I going to go? You know, and so you're, you're right. As Elijah says, look at the number of people that are in the portal and the number of opportunities, and all of a sudden you're seeing guys that are going to put, have put their name in the portal, and there's no place for them to really go. 
And so you know, it, it's entirely possible that a Luke McCaffrey, whether he wants to or not, ends up at a Northern Colorado. I, I think that, that there's, a, there's a lot out there that it's pretty sexy to say, well, I was wanted when I was you know, a high school junior, that I was wined and I was dined, and, and I decided I'm going to go to this Power 5 and I'm going to get my iPad, I've got my PlayStation, I've got, my locker room looks like a law office, and all of a sudden I'm not quite as good as the guys who are around me, and now I'm, I'm looking at a D2 or a low-level group of five. I'm not saying that as Luke is the, that's what's going to happen with Luke McCaffrey. I'm just saying there are so many guys out there looking for the same spot that they're not all going to get that spot, and where they left isn't going to take them back because there's no spot for them there either. I think it's really, really dangerous right now for those guys. Bill, as recently found stock market aficionado, um, this is simple supply <laughs> and demand. Um, <laughs> but but the, the, the stat I have here is that uh, 121 quarterbacks are currently either in the portal or have announced their intention to enter the portal. And there's 130 FBS teams. I mean, you would assume not all those guys are going to the FBS level, but I also don't think every single FBS team is going to be looking to take a transfer quarterback. I mean, there's still 600 guys, 600-plus guys of the guys in the portal who still don't have a home. They're not going to find a home. And and maybe this is the natural check that we need on the transfer portal system uh, to kind of rein in the transfer in college football. Would you agree? Well, like I said, thank God the NCAA is in charge. <laughs> I mean, who's going to rein it in? Who is going to rein it in? That, that, that is where – I mean, we're still trying to get caught up on conference realignment because there's going to be another wave of that coming in the next three or four years. Do it may you not promise? Be as, it may not be as overwhelming in terms of conference realignment as it was in 2010, 11, and 12. But there's going to be some shifting in college football when the TV contracts and all that come up in 22, 23, 24, all right? It may not be the tidal wave, but there's going to be some stuff happening. And now you've got the, the licensing, uh, name, image, and licensing stuff. Um, and it, it only seems like Nebraska's got their, you got a plan in place for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't know who's, I don't know who is going to be the, the guy, the group, the, the committee <laughs> that's going to say, whoa, 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 whoa we got to get a handle on this. There's no representation on the player side, you know, to say, look, we're going to look out what's best for the student athletes. And I know there've been, uh, you know, they, 20, 30 years ago, they wanted to unionize. And I'm not sure that's the, the answer, but when you've got a hundred quarterbacks and 500 receivers, and all of a sudden you, you've got whatever group there is outside of the NCA that's going to try and corral things, you know, it makes sense for everybody who's representing the players, Right. Um, so I don't know how they're going to rope the wind when it comes to this transfer portal. Why don't they just call it what it is? Free agency. Mm-hmm. It's college football free agency, you know, especially with the, the, with the licensing thing coming up. Guys are going to go, I'm not going to go, I don't want to go to, uh, I've always said this, go to L- UCLA. What market is there for a star football player in Los Angeles when you could go to Nebraska and become a big, big-time celebrity, make some pretty good money with your licensing. Nobody out here in Colorado with the Buffaloes is going to, you know, make bank when it comes to the NIL like they will at Nebraska. So you're going to have you're going to have that to contend with, you know, in the, in the next year or so, along with the portal and coaches leaving, mm-hmm. and salaries getting bigger, and conference realignment, and trying to stay in scholarship limits 
you know, with this extra year of eligibility over the next 12 years. I, mean, it's, I think it's great. It's, yeah, the roster management's... Uh, college, football is, college football has never been in a better situation than it is right now. No, so, you, you know, look, while people are paranoid about what's going on in Nebraska, let's face it, you know, there are some head scratchers, uh, head scratching going on. But I think right now, the era of college football, there are... If somebody would sit down in a room and just talk everything out, you'd look on the board and go, oh, my God, there's like 20 major problems facing college football, and nobody can address one to, to, to get any clarity. And, again, the NCAA does not rule the FBS, right? They, they do not. Bill Dolman's with us, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. You know, there was a tweet out last night by uh, a, a 2022 player uh, that was an offer from Coach Lubick. So that seems to feel like maybe he's not going anywhere. But I know his name was up for Montana State. Uh, you know, uh, that region of the country well with Mountain West football. When it comes to just Nebraska's offense, Bill, got about three minutes here. And the quarterback room and just the direction where Nebraska may be drifting, more run, more downhill run. Let's hope that's a reality. Uh, do you think the quarterback of the future, because that's what Luke was dubbed, you've got Adrian, you need Adrian to make some strides, and, and he's quite able to do that, but we don't know what's behind him. Does Nebraska go out and – check in on 121 of those quarterbacks to, to add to the room? What what does Nebraska do to help kind of give themselves some insurance on offense? Well, I, I think I think Scott's in a precarious situation there because if if you go out to the to the waiver wire, the portal, what the portal, uh, kind of a porta potty really. But if if, if you're going to go to the waiver wire and try to and try to find, you know, uh, the next Brian Hoyer, <laughs> I think Scott needs to, it, it, and every coach, you've got to balance that what's best for the team, but what's best for the kid that I have promised, the young man that I have promised parents for the last two, three years that I'm going to take care of him and give him an opportunity. And, you know, Logan Smothers is in that situation of being, you know, the, real, the, the popular backup. Luke McCaffrey was in that situation. He was that popular backup. Everybody wanted him. Looked great against Penn State and then was the, the, the starting quarterback in one of the worst games of Nebraska history in the Illinois game. Um, so, you know, Smothers has to be, you know, has to be on his game and prepared if he's going to get an opportunity. But Scott can't say, well, you know, we lost Luke McCaffrey, so let's go out and bring in Tate Martell. Let's give him his fourth shot. If you're Smothers, you're going, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute here. I committed to you when you were still, you know, early on in your tenure at Nebraska. What if you got a Joe Burrow out there, though? Well, look, the whole, Joe Burrow would not have been Joe Burrow had I, he been I, the quarterback I, I, of that Nebraska football absolutely team. Absolutely agree with you. Right, right. He went to one of the great teams, not the greatest team in college football history, you know, with great receivers, great everything. Everything came together for them at that time. So, yeah, there is, is there a Joe Burrow out there for somebody? Maybe. But you still, this is college football. It's not the, it's not the NFL, even though it's, there's high dollar. You've got to show some loyalty and belief in the guys who believed in you, especially when you were in your first or second year as the head coach trying to build your program. You sold that kid that, you know, that he can be part of the future. 
and you sold the Harburg kid, that he can be a part of the future for his home state. And all of a sudden you're going to go out and say, well, I'm going to find somebody in the waiver wire to come in for a year and be a backup to Adrian Martinez? I, 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 maybe that's naive, but I still think there's a place for that in college football. Here's one thing that I, I do want to say when it comes to this whole, this whole losing players uh, to other teams. I would love to find out the amount of money that schools spend on, rec- on a recruit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I talked about that for years, about that tight end that Nebraska got in the Callahan era when they flew down to Florida to take his girlfriend out for a hamburger. You know, how much was that? That was like 500 bucks. You know, to get the plane ticket, buy the burger, and get her to tell him to come to Nebraska, which he did. But how much money does a school spend to try and get a kid to do the hat dance, to come to the school, only to be there for a year or two with no compensation once he leaves? In fact, Nebraska stuck for the second semester scholarship bill. I mean, there's some, to me, there's something really wrong about, you know, how much Nebraska or those schools invest in those kids who are in the portal. And what are they getting back? Kid says, I, I'm not getting the opportunity uh, that I wanted, so I'm out. And, and you know, you, you, those schools are stuck with the amount of money that they spent. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to cry a river for those big schools that are spending, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to get a 17-year-old kid to sign on the dotted line. But, but somewhere, like, there's got to be some compensation maybe from the other school that signs him. I don't know what that is. But I always find that really distasteful about recruiting, the amount of money that is spent to get a kid to sign only to see him leave, and then you're stuck with that bill for nothing. Right? Bill, Bill Dolman's with us. Billy D., we'll pick this up next week. We'll hit some Super Bowl. Thanks for jumping on today. Go Big Red. Everything's going to be okay. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. More thoughts on the Super Bowl and a man who's won multiple Super Bowls with New England, also played for Kansas City and Denver, the pride of Hardington. We welcome in Russ Hochstein, uh, standout offensive lineman for Nebraska. Russ, uh, what's going on? How's, uh, how's your winner been? Well, up until the last uh, couple of days, our winter here has been pretty, pretty good. And uh, now all of a sudden we got single digits and snow on the ground again and, and misery uh, is at our doorstep again. Well, there's been a lot of uh, knocking and, and misery. And uh, you talked to any of your friends or family back in Nebraska this week? Uh, 15 inches in Lincoln. Yeah, I heard. I heard they weren't uh, they weren't excited about that either. And uh, but I guess like anything, we all get through it and uh, move on. And just hopefully the warm weather is around the corner. Did you ever? What's the what's the, like the worst conditions you ever played in as a as a pro or college guy? Uh, the worst, the worst conditions I ever played in was when I was in New England. We played the Tennessee Titans back in '03 playoff run. Um, it was like I think it was three degrees at kickoff, and as the game ended, it was uh, well below zero, and it was miserable. <laughs> you couldn't feel your fingers, couldn't feel your toes, and a lot of other things you couldn't feel. Um, but you made it through it. <laughs> Russ, uh, you you have Kansas City on the doorstep, trying to go back to back. You did go back to back. How how can you put into words how difficult that is in in the NFL to not only win one but but go do it again? Oh, it's extremely hard. Um, obviously, uh, they're positioned really well to do it. Um, obviously, it's not impossible. Multiple teams have done it. Um, but it is usually pretty hard to do. You have to keep your focus. You have to keep your team pretty healthy as the season goes on. And, and uh, the ball's kind of got to bounce your way a little bit as you go you know, throughout the season as well. 
and all those things have kind of happened for Kansas City. So um, it's exciting for them to be there again and, and sitting on the doorstep of a, of a back-to-back, which hasn't been done, ironically, since we were there So uh, in New England back in 0304. So um, it'll be a great game to watch. It will be. And on the other uh, side of the uh, the field is uh, a guy you know well, a, a friend of yours, Tom Brady. And I- I'm interested on, on your thoughts. Uh, of course, Gronky Kong's down there as well. Uh, and uh, Bruce Arians has been chasing this for forever, uh, B.A. And what did you think was, was possible? And did you think this was likely for, for Brady in his first year? and Gronk, for that matter, to, to make it where they've made it? Well, number one, I just want to point something out, that this is the first time a, a t- an actual uh, Super Bowl team gets to host the right. Super Bowl, which yeah. is pretty amazing. I've I, uh, been watching a lot of the national coverage, and I don't feel like it's really getting enough uh, publicity. I, I think uh, because of the COVID situation that's out there and, and the requirements in stadiums, I think it's kind of tamped that excitement down. But that, number one, is just amazing – um, that that has actually happened. Uh, number two, to answer your question, I am not surprised uh, Tom is where he is or Gronk or any of that group. Uh, you know, Tom, is, a, is uh, he continues to do what he said he's done. Um, he continues to play into his 40s, and, he, and he's playing at an extremely high level. And uh, I, I know I've been on your show many, many times and told you how much of a competitor that man is. He hates to lose, um, and he loves to compete. So I'm just not really surprised he is where he is. Now, taking a franchise like Tampa Bay that's really had one good run at it in the last 25 years is a pretty amazing number. But they did have some good talent already on the shelf there that that, uh, was a part of that team, and and those guys do not – I don't want to discredit any of those players. There's some great players down there around Tom, and and, uh, they've done a nice job adding pieces around with Tom too. So, uh, but it again, it doesn't surprise me, uh, but it does make it a great storyline, doesn't it? Oh, it's an incredible storyline, and I look at the the personalities down there in Tampa, and you know, you walked in and and you look at at Evans and Godwin, right? Two guys that are pretty high level. You bring uh, Antonio Brown, who has all the talent in the world, but it's it's a it's a fit thing, right? And and he's kind of fitting. Yep. And that's to me, Tom. And you've seen this side of him. Tom's gone out of his way to to try and get Antonio comfortable. I mean, even going as far as I, I, with lodging, I think. So, I, I mean that that's 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 incredible. And yeah, you want to you want a Pro Bowl wideout to throw the ball to, but that's that's also kind of a human interest thing, man. I mean, that's not normal, is it, in Pro Bowl to to make sure uh, you're. You're, you're there for another grown man like that, and, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I'm saying that, I mean, you, you just don't expect that because the pros, you guys go home to your families and whatnot, right? It's not like college. Yep. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah. It's not like college, um, but there is always circumstances out there, and, and uh, I was lucky to play with some really good guys over the years. That um, if you ever needed anything, and you're a lone young single guy in the league, and Thanksgiving was coming up, man, I got invites from a lot of people. Um, and people would take you into their home to celebrate Thanksgiving, and and uh, that's just the generous nature of, of us as humans. And mm-hmm. and uh, I think the league is 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 a great place. You know, you play with all different races, religions, 
um, you name it, and, and socioeconomic backgrounds, and, and people are just, you know, open arms and help people come in, and, and it's all about competing and, and trying to unify as a group and win with the same goal. And I think uh, Tom does that as good as anybody. And, and you listen, he also knows he needs good weapons around him and guys that can really help. And, and uh, you know, adding Gronk in there, they actually lost one tight end this year, and now have Cam and Bray and Gronk together still playing is a huge asset and their running game has improved drastically so it's a it is a lot of fun to watch them as if they as they've gotten better throughout the year russ hochstein's with us standout husker and uh, multiple super bowl champ uh, teammate of tom brady uh and uh longtime vet the nfl with us here on hail varsity radio so russ when it when it comes to to the meeting room either regular season or or playoffs you know, give us kind of a peek with, with what Brady was like. Uh, he's obviously the guy spinning the football, but from a leadership standpoint and just an ability to, to get guys to rally, was that a, is that a pretty strong asset of his personality? Well, I think he just, yes. I mean, he leads by example. Um, he works as hard, if not harder, than everybody on that team. Um, he'll put hours in that people never understand and never know, um, much like the head coaches do and the coaches and the coordinators do around the league. Those quarterbacks put a lot of time in. And um, he's smart. Um, he's been around the game a long time, and he's taking some of his experiences you know, from New England and his attention to detail. And I think he's really installed it in with the offensive group that he has down in Tampa. And it showed. You know, it's taken some time routes, progressions, you know, player personnel, where people fit in, Scotty Miller into their offense, and, and they're running two running backs. Um, you can just kind of see as the years went on, they've just kind of evolved and, and taken those things and, and found what's really fit. And uh, I guarantee he's a big key to that. He loves to spread the ball around, and, and the best person he always says is the open person. So um, everyone there is fighting for the ball and wants the ball and wants to help their team win. And he is a big catalyst for that. When, when we talk about Tom Brady, he's a guy that isn't shy about getting on teammates, but he's also there to encourage guys. You've seen both sides of that, I assume, with, with Brady yeah. as far as his, uh, his focus. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you're, you're in a big man sport. Uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the big time. And uh, um, Tom, Tom is one of the most supportive guys I ever played with. Um, very, I don't know if I ever heard him say a bad word about his O line. Um, we may have gotten a little bit of a chewing, you know, in private, you know, <laughs> after a play or something. Um, but publicly, he would never do that. He was a stand up guy who always looks out for his teammates and has everyone's back. And uh, I really believe that. And, and I know that's the loyalty we had when, when he was here in New England when I got to play with him. And, and uh, you know, and I, I think overall, he just. He understands that you can. There's certain guys you can push, and there's certain guys you can't. There's certain guys you need to praise, and and things like that. And that's kind of like a good coach knows that as well. So he absolutely takes time to get to know you uh, beyond a, a guy that's keeping him upright. Agreed. Yes, he, he is. He he makes sure he he talks to guys. He understands where he's coming from. I, I mean, I can't speak for him the last. Mm-hmm. You know, five or six years as as he's gotten older. I mean, you look at the average age difference between him and a rookie coming in the league; it's pretty amazing. Um, so I'm sure he's not quite as close as he was back in the old days in the early 2000s when we had him. But uh, uh, he's got a pretty good feel for things in the locker room, and and 
and with his old line and, and tight ends and everybody around him. So, uh, but I don't know how how much you know if he's going out and having beers with everybody. It might be a little different now, but um, but that's life. Uh, we all get a little older and uh, and uh, things change. Russ Hochstein's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Russ, you pay much attention to Nebraska this season? I have. I did watch a lot of Husker football this year. Um, I was hoping for a little better outcome in a couple of the games. Um, um, and, and I've seen we've had some, some uh, people going into the, uh, the transfer portal, and uh, that's a little frustrating because you never want to lose good talent. Um, but I'll be watching in the future no matter what. The portal is is a beast for for every program. I mean, it's just, and I get it. If if a coach leaves, I mean, that's that's difficult. If a guy who recruits you leaves, that's difficult. And the NCAA is just kind of allowed a, a, a free run at you know greener grass. Did you ever have a moment where you thought about transferring, or were you pretty much all in from the get go, and you just kind of grinded? No, I I'm born and raised uh, Nebraska kid. Um, there was no ne- thought never ever entered my mind. Not once, never did, never would, uh, never will. Um, and as far as the transfer portal, I couldn't agree with you more, Chris. That is a. Uh, I, I think we've free. We've tried to create free agency in college football. I don't like it. Um, call me old fashioned, um, but I, I feel like when you commit somewhere, uh, you can kind of. I'd like you to stand tall and and see that commitment through. Um, this transfer portal is, like you said, has kind of ravished a lot of different programs, and uh, I don't like it. Uh, you know, I, I mean, players, when you come in and you and a school is willing to offer you a scholarship and get you in there and, and help you play and, and uh, you know, educate you and, and train you and, and all the things that go into it, and then you turn around and you leave for something better, uh, I, I kind of hate that. Uh, but that is the new world we're in um, because coaches have left so much and, and the money has increased so much that it's allowed players to do that. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see that rule uh, maybe they're curtailed a little bit by the NCAA. But at uh, this point, nothing's happened on that. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down with Husker standout and uh, multiple-time Super Bowl champ Russ Hochstein with the Patriots, teammate of Tom Brady for a number of years as we uh, shift our gears to the Patriots and what next for Coach Belichick. Russ, uh, last thought, and it's fun to catch up with you. I love talking uh, football in, in your time, and you've been so great over the years to us. When you look at New England now, and you look at Coach Belichick and, you know, just a, a different New England. Obviously, Brady's gone and New England, you know, wasn't out of it uh, that early. I mean, they were they were scrapping for quite a bit of the season until uh, it, it was too late. How long do you think, uh, and I don't know if you, if you have a, a, a gut reaction on this or not, but with Coach Belichick, do you think he'll keep going a few more years to try and get back or – do you think he's winding down? What, what's your read on your old coach? Uh, I think they, they, he has always had one goal, and that is to win. Uh, so no matter what situation he is, he wants to win. Um, I've never really seen him do anything else other than that. Uh, so I expect him to go out and retool and reload and, uh, and to help that franchise get back to their winning ways. Um, and, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of talk, you know, nationally about salary caps and players and things like that. And, 
And uh, this man's built a bunch of programs. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Um, I expect him to change, not to change very much at all, and then basically go out. If he needs to find new coaches, new personnel, um, more money, or whatever they need to do, I think he'll do it. And, and uh, he's got one thing in mind, and that's the win. And uh, his goal or his old thing to all of us was winning is good for everyone. So I believe he'll continue down that road. With uh, with Belichick in his personality, I mean, everyone just sees him on the sideline, and, and he is brilliant. And he, I, I'm sure, again, it's a business in the NFL. But we talked loyalty a little earlier with guys that had loyalty towards Brady because of just the, the fact that you had the same goal. You all wanted to win, and and everyone has that, that best interest in mind, or, or you're not there. With Belichick, I mean, he was able to, to really develop guys. I mean, New England didn't always have um, first-round success, second-round success. I mean, it was, it was well done from the personnel standpoint to bring in those puzzle pieces, Russ. He was, and you are right. He is, is, is pretty um, amazing at, at building depth in his, in his system. Um, and uh, obviously there's constraints to some of that with, with salary caps and, and things like that. And uh, you can miss on some drafts, which I know up here in New England, they're, they're crucifying him a little bit for missing on the last couple drafts, especially in his high picks. Um, but overall, you know, I, I, you know, the guy's the greatest coach of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much argument on that. I think he understands the game really well, and I think he'll understand how to get back to a competitive and winning environment. So I expect him to be able to go out and hit on a few here and there and maybe free agency and, and build that depth back into the system, like you said. And it wasn't always the flashy names. Uh, it was just guys that were uh, true football players that loved it. And uh, he seemed to find those guys, and like you said. And, and uh, so I kind of expect to see that again in the future. Russ, for a week out, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? Uh, right now, this year, I will be at home for the first time in a while. Uh, last few years, I was I went down to the beautiful state of Florida to watch it with some friends. And this year, um, because of the COVID restrictions and all that go into play, um, I will be watching it in my own home and uh, probably partaking in a few cocktails and quite a few wings and some pizza. One point four billion chicken wings will uh, be uh, the run and uh, we got an air fryer and, and I've, I've perfected a, a dry rub for the air fryer the last few weekends for for the playoffs and I, I'm I'm going to have to stock up early on wings is kind of my, I like your my, style. my game plan but yeah it's it's cocktail time and some wings and I think we're on the same page Russ Oakstein's with us Russ best to you and your family thanks for a few minutes today Thank you, guys. Stay safe, and I appreciate your time. Got to love Russ Hochstein. Stand out of Nebraska. Super Bowl champ many times over with Patriots. And good insight to Tom Brady, man. I love talking to Russ, and he's been on. We catch up with him in about every January to talk. Guess who? Tom Brady, because he's <laughs> in the Super Bowl. But uh, Russ is so good, man. Such a smart and really talented player at Nebraska and finished his career with Kansas City and Denver. But, uh, I mean, was a guy that played uh, all three spots for New England on the offensive line, maybe even a little tight end down on the goal line. I need to ask you, at the end of that conversation, you talked about your dry rub for your wings. Is that a what is it, proprietary recipe, or is that something you're willing to share? Because I, my dad got himself an air fryer. I guess oh, good. My brother and I got it from for Christmas. No, I will, I will I did absolutely. Some wings in there, but I yeah, was just like yeah. winging the dry rub. No, I'll, I'll tell it to you now. I love going food. 
on in football. I know you do, yeah. <laughs> and but it's it's pretty easy. What I'll do is I think I whined to you one time about making the mistake of coconut spray. Mm-hmm. The coconut oil spray, yeah. 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 And it was like, no. I did that once and I tossed the can because it just it wasn't good. I'll do olive oil or avocado or just the, the, the pan slash pam uh, butter spray, you know, mm-hmm. right? Instead of just dousing, or I'll just use olive oil. So you coat the wings in olive oil. And then I will go gangster with black pepper and kosher salt. Of course. Okay. If, if you're cooking meats, yeah, that's, you got to go gangster you on the do. black pepper and, and kosher and salt. And then I I was so PO'd because <laughs> before the Snowmageddon, I'm buying vodka uh, Saturday night at <laughs> a spot. That's and, what you're stocking up on? <laughs> well, and, and I look and there's rows and rows of Old Bay, mm. Old Bay seasoning, right? I go back Sunday to buy my wings, and I got the last two packages of chicken wings. I'm just lazy. I didn't go to a grocery store. I kind of, I kind of went to a big box that sells groceries. Not that one, though. Mm-hmm. And got my two pounds of chicken wings, but they had no more Old Bay. And I was a little nervous because I didn't know if I'd have enough Old Bay at home still. So long and short, salt, pepper, spray, slash olive oil, and then just dump as much Old Bay as you want on the wings. And then you throw them in the air fryer. You kind of shake them so around. That's all, that's all, the Old Bay is all you need. That's all I, I have done barbecue sauce. I have done teriyaki. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I would probably also, if you don't want to do Old Bay, I would go with Misty seasoning. Mm. And, and I guess if I want to crisp them a little more, maybe some baking powder. I, I, there's a recipe because, you know... When you when you go to a wing joint, they'll they'll fry them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but yeah, I just go Old Bay, salt, pepper, and uh, and oil. Then you just go three seventy five or three ninety for fifteen twenty minutes and just kind of eye them, and they're perfect. I'm really good with this uh, uh, Asian sesame salad dressing. And when I smoke wings, that's my go-to because they okay. they are just perfect when you put them on the smoker with that salad dressing. When I air fry them with some with some sort of wet sauce versus a dry rub, it's not bad. But, uh, but I, the, I feel but like the, the but, skin would get a little rubbery. Right. The, the dry rub's the way to go in the air fryer. Mm, yeah, see, I, Period. I've, I've grilled... I've air fried. I still haven't smoked. That's the next bridge I got across. But I was. You got to come over and and when it gets at least non hellish outside, we'll we'll turn the smoker on, two twenty five. Let them go for two hours, two and a half hours, and they're just perfect. You get the wings. I'll bring the steaks. <laughs> Done. <laughs> That's how we, we will. We will. We will decide a steak in a beer bed. We are relegated to a college basketball game this weekend. That's not been canceled. So we'll uh, we'll pick one steak and a beer. Up next. As we head into the weekend, it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Weekend edition tomorrow, 7 a.m. Myself, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal is in. We'll... 
I don't know. Who, who do we want to rewind tomorrow? Do we want to hear from Kaz? Do we want to hear from Sam Cook, Russ Hochstein? Barney was pretty good yesterday on the McCaffrey situation. We'll have Brandon Vogel and the Iron Horse Gary Sharp with us tomorrow, uh, 7 to 9 a.m. Stream us, ESPNLincoln.com. Get the podcast, subscribe to us, give us a rating, give us some feedback. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play for Hale Varsity Radio six times a week. And we love uh, all the feedback we've gotten from you. Thanks for subscribing and listening. And uh, heard at uh, Media, uh, just a great selection of podcasts to go to and check out and uh, frequently listen to. Uh, incredible rundown of selection. Erin uh, Sorensen and her podcast with Sasha's great. Brandon Vogel, uh, Jay Moore, Damon Benning, and Jacob Padilla covers high school hoops. Uh, Jay Foreman and uh, Greg Smith crush it. And, of course, Derek Peterson, the Varsity Club podcast. I have not left anybody out, I don't think. Everybody's got a podcast on Hale Varsity. It's sweet. They just pick your favorite Hale Varsity writer, and boom, they got a podcast. Herdadmedia.com. And there's also some, uh, some cool stuff when it comes to marketing uh, and uh, really cool stuff with uh, just some, some uh, lifestyle and entertainment as well. And uh, be sure... Be sure, be sure to uh, check out ESPNLincoln.com, too, for the on-demand uh, portions of the show. That stuff's pretty easy to access and take with you. So when we talk college basketball, is there a game you're feeling more than another tonight? No. You don't give a damn either? I, I don't either. I mean, wake me up when Nebraska's back at it. Kent emailed in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. You're, you know, kind of paraphrasing the email. You're really missing Nebraska basketball. Look, they were getting better. They weren't as maddening to watch. They played better. It's better than having, like, on a night like tonight, we're going to have volleyball. I mean, they're, listen, they've gotten crushed, right? But I think they can come together and, and, and continue to compete, mm-hmm. right? Got Iowa and Illinois. Yeah, that's a that's top that's, 25 that's, and it's Big Ten. That's the game. It's tonight. It's 8 o'clock on FS1. Very tight line in that one, too. Illinois is the home team. They hate favorite. each other. They absolutely hate one another. Iowa hates Illinois. Illinois hates Iowa. And it goes back to recruiting because you had old Bruce Pearl that once upon a time was an assistant at Iowa that I, that, that Illinois claims ratted out some uh, improper McDonald's bags. I, I, I kid. <laughs> but uh, you have that sort of relationship, and you got Iowa City on the border there of of Illinois, and they they go after a lot of the same kids, and you know, that's a road game. That's a tough ball game. Iowa's 12-3, and three and they're as dominant as they want to be. I'm going to end up, I think, going with Illinois to barely win outright. Mm. Just, just because it's one of these games that if Illinois is on, they can beat anybody any night. They're that good. But they've kind of stubbed their toe. They're 10-5. and five. Give me Illinois uh, 87 Iowa 80, 84, just barely a win in cover for Illinois. See, I'll go the other way, so this will be fun. I'll go Iowa 79, Illinois 76. Okay. So if Iowa wins, I win. If Illinois wins, you win. I, or I guess if Illinois covers, too. Mm-hmm. Coverings and key. Talk to you tomorrow at 7. Thanks.